Hey guys, it's Amber, the host of Momster Radio Podcast. I wanted to give a quick trigger warning before you listen to our episode today. The content in this episode may not be suitable for children and those who are sensitive to topics about child abuse and sexual assault. With that said, I hope that you're able to use this information to improve your child's school experience. And as always, all parties are innocent until proven guilty. Welcome to the Momster Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Amber, and Sally, What we got something different going on today. We do. We have our very first guest, so I would like to introduce the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Mr. Mike Walls. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. He's um, like, I drew the short end of this day. <laughs> I, I'm, a little, I'm a little nervous, not going to lie. Well, yeah. It'll be okay. I mean, this is a mom podcast, but... I mean, you have a mom. You yes. were born, you know, from a mom, and your kids have a mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard you know how to get a lot of moms riled up on social media. Yeah, I'm good <laughs> at that. I'm really, yeah, yeah. Before we get into any of the weeds of this interview, I think we're going to just start off with the most controversial question we're going to ask you of this whole thing. Right okay. off the top. I love it. Are okay. you ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. Jump right in. How do you feel about Taylor Swift? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So, my daughter's 19, so I've grown up with Taylor Swift. Um, I like her music. Okay. I, I do. I don't... That's good, because if you had said no, we would have said, I'm sorry, you have to leave. Yeah. So, that's the, yeah. that's the second bar that we have. You have to I mean, mother. I don't turn it on Spotify when I'm in the truck by myself or anything, but... We no, won't I, tell. No, no, I'm down. <laughs> I don't understand the, the hatred towards right now. Like, whatever, man. Do what you want. Yeah, we talked about that on our Valentine's Day episode. People are just really... They're really frustrated of how happy she is. Funny. Yeah. No, I mean, we had Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe, right? And they're okay. celebrated. Okay, you passed. Okay. Oh, thank God. So we can proceed now. Well, you have a well-known page on the interwebs on Facebook called the BISD Parent Teacher Advocacy. I just joined it. We are on day two of our BISD experience. I went to uh, public school here mm-hmm. in BISD from fifth grade, you know, graduated from Brazoswood. My son ha- is graduating from private school, but my daughter is now at LJI. So this is our very first experience in public school. She survived the first two days. So I, that's a good, yeah. <laughs> good indicator of what's yeah. going to be going on. So describe what this Facebook page is. It's open to any... Um Brazosport ISD stakeholder, parents, teachers, uh, students, taxpayers, anybody who is impacted by BISD, right? You know, my mom's in it, Mm -hmm. uh, neighbors, people who don't have kids in the district but live here, and even people who uh, went through BISD, but maybe they live elsewhere. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, the whole point of the group is just for these, you know, different stakeholders to have an opportunity to just share ideas, right? Have discussions about, you know, what's going on in the schools, what's going on within the district, what are our concerns, what are what are we celebrating, you know, any of those types of things. I think that I have seen some of the content shared or screenshot. I've gotten quite a few screenshots over the last couple of months because there's been some really big newsworthy type things happening within our community. However, do you make a point to maybe do some of the more positive stuff too, or is it just kind of going with what comes up or 
you know, kind of based on what's in real life time happening with BISD? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely real time, right? What Whatever is the is the issue, you know, du jour, right? Whatever's happening right now is what we're going to be talking about. The group started, I guess, three and a half years ago, something like that, when we found out through a newspaper article that the school board had added 30 minutes to the school day. And really, it was, at first, it was just a group of us talking online. You know, the group didn't exist yet, right? And uh, I was getting a lot of phone calls from teachers, from parents, from, you know, a lot of different folks with concerns. And my wife, who researches everything, I mean, like, Anytime there's something going on, she's like my my research wing, right? And mm-hmm. she just gets online and she just starts really going. And she found out that BISD already had one of the longest school days in the country. And with the additional 30 days, it was going to make it, you know, that much longer, right? And to 30 minutes. Was it 30 minutes or what 30 What did I say? Did days? I say 30 days? I'm sorry. But I 30, 30 minutes. minutes. 30 yeah. minutes a day. But that feels like 30 days. <laughs> yeah, for sure. child. Right? <laughs> right? Well, and, and there was no there was no real good explanation of why. You know, what, what was the point in doing this? You know, the school day, since we've gone to school, it's gotten, it started earlier and earlier and earlier. And, you know, anybody that has high school kids knows. Younger ones can get up, right? They want to get up way before I do, right? But high schoolers, all they want to do is sleep and they need sleep, right? That's some formative times while they're growing and, you know, puberty and the whole nine yards, right? So all of the research was saying these early starts of the school day was a bad idea. So they added 30 minutes to the school day, BISD, so the school district-wide. This was done by, is this done by the school board? Is that who determines that? Correct, yeah. So the school board is tasked with putting the calendar together and setting the times, right? That's one of their responsibilities. So... Anyway, I was getting a lot of people reaching out to me. Why you? It's a good question. Well, I, I solicit it, right? So I, you know, I think I think I probably posted online, you know, hey, w- what do you guys feel about this? Right? I knew how I felt about it. I didn't like it one bit. And friends of mine that had school age kids didn't like it. But I wanted to hear, you know, wh- what do the teachers think about it, right? So I've got a number of friends who are teachers. So I was soliciting them, you know, hey, what do you guys think about this? And, and everyone, I mean, to a T was patently against it. So I was like, well, you know, that's crazy, right? So we decided, okay, you know, nobody goes to these school board meetings. Nobody. So maybe they just didn't hear from us. Everything changed pretty quickly. So went to the next school board meeting. You know, I'd reached out to some school board members. You know, I'd asked them, hey, you know, what's the rationale behind this? What are you doing? Nobody could give any good answers. You know, the only thing they said was, this is time for like enrichment or, you know, catching up on homework or something like that. I didn't see any value in that. And I don't think anybody else that I was talking to saw value in it. And and, and the teachers I talked to were pretty dubious that that's what was going to happen anyway, right? So we formed the Facebook group just because it was an easy forum for us to have conversations about this topic. Was there a consensus among the people that were talking about it that they felt like they should have been included in that conversation? Yeah, so I I, I think so. You know, we felt like this is a, a big decision that impacted everybody, you know, every single parent and child with MBISD. And we had no idea that this was even a topic of discussion or else we would have, you know, weighed in on this, right? So we found out they did indeed have some kind of like little citizens task force or something like that, which they do for a lot of things. And, you know, people volunteer for it or they get selected or, you know, get asked to join. But everyone we started talking to was against it. And I said, well, maybe, you know, this task force or whatever is not really representative of the people at large. So why don't we get a group of us who are concerned about this? Let's go to the next school board meeting and let's, you know, present them with our thoughts. School board meetings happen once a month. 
So as we're waiting for the next school board meeting, I'm getting a lot more teachers reaching out to me because of the group saying all kinds of issues that they had, right? So it wasn't just about the school day anymore. It was, we're afraid to critique the district in any way. We're, you know, we're not allowed to really share any kind of criticisms. We certainly can't talk about the district online or we'll get really in trouble, so forth and so on. And so I decided, well, let's do like a survey of stakeholders. And I kind of made it public and we collected around 300 responses, many from teachers. And I believe about 97% of them were saying they were against this school day, this longer day. So I said, well, man, this would be great if I took this to the school board along with some research that said this is really what's in the best interest of the kids. You know, maybe, maybe they'll listen to that and maybe it'll make an impact, right? So we went, we, a lot of people went to the meeting a lot of people, you know, several people got up and talked about their thoughts about it. I shared all the information from the survey, you know, gave that to everybody. During that time, when you're addressing the school board, you're not allowed to ask them questions or they're not allowed to respond because hmm. it wasn't something that was already on the agenda. So we kind of knew that going in. So made our case. Cool. Said, hey, guys, we just would like for you to revisit this. You know, they didn't. And that's what launched, seriously, the initiative of me getting involved, you know, more in an advocacy role and starting to go to all the school board meetings, me and a group of other people and start, you know, why aren't they listening to us? You know, why aren't they, these are our elected representatives. How come it's so difficult for us to have dialogue? I think it's interesting that a lot of people that are on your page now or have joined recently, they see it more as a parent page, but from what I just heard, you were getting a lot of more messages from teachers that yeah. needed advocating for them because they're not able to advocate for themselves to not jeopardize their job. And so I think that's interesting to me that, and people forget that this is not just a parent advocacy page. It's also for the teachers who can't speak up for themselves. No, no you're, you're exactly right. And that, that was, that was really kind of the genesis of it was I'm getting all this feedback from teachers directly, but every one of them is too afraid to post, you know, and share this information publicly. So I was like, well, I'll just be your mouthpiece thing. You know, you can share that information with me. I'll keep you anonymous. That's what I'm saying. It sounds like you don't even mishandle their trust. So maybe some teachers don't even know that they can come to you to help with some of their issues. And even through this platform can help some that don't know you and don't know they can trust you that you've handled some of these messages anonymously. Yeah. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of BISD employees have talked to me and I spent countless hours talking to people and listening to their stories, listening to their concerns, you know, and posted a lot of stuff anonymously for them and have never broken, you know, anybody's trust. I've never divulged, you know, who these individuals are, which to some people, you know, it gets under their skin because they think I'm, you know, rabble rousing and just to stir the pot. pot, Yeah. The reality (laughs) is I don't post anything unless it's brought to me. Yeah. I mean, I have my, I post my own opinions, but I say, these are my opinions. I always say, this is from a, you know, employee of the district and here's what they mm-hmm. have to say. So I did, I kind of, I do, I do lashes as part of my, one of my jobs. And so I talked to women all the time and I'm like, Hey, have you heard of this Mike Walsh guy? <laughs> and it was kind of, there was like some that were like, I don't know, it's just controversial. And then others were like, I don't really know anything about it. And it was interesting to me that when I went to look at the page, there's a few pages locally that could possibly get lumped into that. I don't know, rumor mill type of thing. I'm like, I don't want any part of it. Plus I wasn't part of BISD. So now that I am more, I mean, I'm a taxpayer, but I'm more of a, you know, stakeholder now that my kid goes there and hearing kind of the origin of it. I think it's really important that you're doing this podcast so that maybe you're a little bit more understood 
why this is the way it is. Now, it is going to be controversial because these are controversial topics that get people frustrated. I'm sure there are a lot of parents pissed off of like, how do I get my kid to school earlier? I'm already running late every day or there's single parents that have a hard time with that. And the fact that it appears that they weren't consulted or, or really notified or, or even considered, that, that can be very frustrating. I could see where that would really spark kind of a, a group of people to get together and say, hey, maybe there's some, some things, some people aren't being heard here, for sure. So that seems like your initial goal was, you know, the school day that prompted it. Has your goals, has that changed or developed into, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's changed considerably. So I think, I don't remember which one asked about, like, the positive stuff, the positive stuff is put out there in a continuous feed from the district. You know, today it was the Taylor Whitney, you know, show up award. You know, they were posting, you know, the other day it was the scholars, you know, and... That's public relations. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's and more PR. Great. I mean, we right. want to celebrate these mm-hmm. achievements, right? I mean, the district has some incredible programs. It's got incredible teachers. It's got mm-hmm. incredible parents, incredible kids that are capable of incredible things, right? So I want to celebrate those things. And those things are celebrated quite often on a daily basis by booster clubs and parents and everybody's sharing their pictures. And I love them. Where was the forum to talk about more pressing matters, right? Right. Where was the forum to have criticism? I think if we're going to grow in a community, it's no secret that public education's got its issues right now. It's horribly expensive. We're lagging behind a lot of other developed countries. I mean, it's in the news a lot, right? The, the, the state of public education as a whole is a topic of discussion that's been ongoing ever since I can remember. If we can't talk about what the challenges are, when are we supposed to talk? How can we challenge those things? How can we find solutions as a community? I don't think necessarily hearing the criticism from parents has to be taken so personally or be taken as drama. If you're genuinely wanting to improve things, you have to hear what people are saying and what they're experiencing. Now, I have been part of the page for a couple of years and I do see you're always going to get the parents on there griping about things that are really out of the control of the school board and maybe more like a it's not fair type of situation. But I don't think that you're necessarily advocating for those kind of posts. You're wanting like the, the real substance and the things that can be changed to be looked at. Yeah, that, that, that's absolutely correct. And I try not to censor anything, right? So some people post things and I'm like, really? Yeah, seriously, that's what we're concerned about today? But I'm not in their shoes, you know, and, and I don't know how it impacts them. And it's important enough for them, you know, to post it. And so I, I let that stuff go. You know, we don't want to do personal attacks. We don't want to be mean. I mean, I allow, I want debates, right? I think in society as a whole, there's an issue right now where if someone challenges your ideas, a lot of people get defensive and, and take it as a personal attack. And we have to stop doing that, right? Debate is healthy. Arguing is healthy. This is how we improve. I own several businesses. You know, we have discussions every single day. We, you know, talk passionately about our point of view, you know, and, and when I'm, you know, buying a house, fixing it up, or I'm at work, you know, and we're figuring out how to take care of a patient in the best way possible, you know, there's a lot of difference of opinions. and if you feel really strongly about something, you know, I want you to argue your point. And people need to actively listen to that, you know, and understand that my perspective is totally different from somebody else's. And that's okay. Yeah. Because you might learn from somebody that has a different opinion from you because you've never heard, you know, that side of it and why. We've all been raised differently and we've all been exposed to different things. So our opinions are going to be mostly based on that until you learn to listen to somebody else's experience and say, wow, I've never thought about it that way. Um, it doesn't affect me, but it does affect other people. So maybe we can 
look at it differently when we hear other people's stories. I agree with that. Yeah, and I think, you know, you were saying, Amber, about, you know, there's some of those rumor mill sites, mm-hmm. right? You know, and when, when somebody says something, it's very easy for the anonymous keyboard warriors to come in and just burn you to the ground in the comments section, you know, and just troll and flame. And, and, and so a lot of people are very hesitant to post their opinions, especially if they may be deemed controversial. And so I take it very serious that I've got thick skin. I'm willing to post that content out there. I know that I'm the messenger for a lot of it because it's coming from someone else, but I'm willing to take those sleeping arrows, right? It doesn't, it doesn't, I don't care. I've always had the mentality that if I'm going to bitch about it, I need to be a part of the solution. Mm-hmm. So I try not to, <laughs> to complain about too many things and let some things go, things that can be let go yeah. when it comes to my kids' education. But I do think that we need more people that when they are displeased or they're not, they're not understanding why this is happening or they want to advocate for something, that they should have a vehicle to understand how to advocate for themselves. I think I saw somebody talking about they're getting their schedules for next year signed. Everybody was having a lot of issues with that. And it seemed, you know, it got a little, a little controversial, but then was like, hey, this is how you take care of that. Hey, here's the teacher commenting. Hey, look. Well, look at that. Now we have a solution, you know, because maybe, you know, through a more traditional route of just email, I could imagine with a teacher's job being such a big job, it might be missed. Yeah, it could be helpful for the teachers to have other parents answer questions instead of loading their inbox up with emails also. And like you said, being part of the solution, I, I don't think a lot of people know that you actually aren't just, you know, this face of this Facebook page that you, you mentioned you do go to school board meetings and I mean, we talked before and you do a lot of volunteering and you're very active. So I think that's important for you to speak on too. the things that you do to do your part to help out. Yeah. I mean, I didn't start the page. I didn't go into this with the intent of, you know, being that guy. (laughs) Whoops. The man, the myth, (laughs) the legend. Yeah, that, That wasn't, that was not the intent, you know, but it just seemed like Almost everyone I talked to was either scared to do something about it, Mm -hmm. afraid of, you know, reprisal from the district if they were employee or, oh my gosh, what are they going to think of me? So long story short, I got into this, started hearing all these stories, going to all the meetings, realizing the district was not being transparent, was not communicating with us, was not soliciting our input whatsoever, was cherry picking these little task forces of teacher pleasers, right, Mm -hmm. who were going to say whatever the freaking district wanted to hear. Oh, yeah, whatever, you know. Is there a voting process for this citizen group? I mean... We don't know. We don't know, do we? Everything everything is public, right? So they put everything on a website. But, you know, they're not blasting. When they're looking to get community input... I mean, how many times have you ever seen an email come? Home? No, I right? didn't. Have know you this ever seen anything on social media? I don't have check. You ever, them. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they have my email address. They have my phone number. They you know I'm on Facebook. I follow the district. There's the newspaper. I mean, there's there's myriad ways. There's more ways now than ever before to get information out. And I've never seen them ask for community input. It sounds like they need some sort of position, like a parent community liaison, like a person that would. I mean, they they kind of have that. They don't want people like me knowing about this stuff, right? They don't want me going to these But why not? Because I'm going to push back and tell them no, you know, potentially. Right. I mean, if it's a good idea. I don't see very many good ideas, if I'm being honest, but. They're not open for debate. Is no, no, no. They, they want rubber stamps, Right. The, the, the process is already built out. You know, there's some legalities. You have to get certain, you know, input and so forth. So what better way than just pick those people, you know, yeah. and feed them lunch, give a little PowerPoint presentation. 
Call me, Amber so Cranfield. It's an invite only situation, or yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, you have to be selected. Do you think this is unique to our district, no. or do you think this is a, a a pretty wide range of what happens within school boards in general, with government in general? I mean, that's yeah, what, that's what I was gonna say. It sounds very much like any type of government. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people don't understand what the school board does, right? So I ran for school board, so I had to learn about that and go mm-hmm. into all the meetings and started really learning about what the hierarchy of a school board. And it's like, it's really like any other government organization, right? So when I started going to city council meetings, it was the same kind of thing. So the people, the board, whether it's a city council, whether it's a school board, whether it's a county or what have you, they're in charge of budgeting, they're in charge of the calendars, and they're in charge of hiring the person who's going to manage everything, right? So at the the city council level, the city council hires the city manager and the city manager runs the city. You know, that's their day-to-day job. The council meets twice a month, right? They, they, they can't be making day-to-day decisions. It's not their, now if it's a big expenditure or something like that, you know, budget item. Yeah. But the city manager, and then they have their finance department that comes with the budget, writes the checks, so forth and so on. School board's exactly the same. So the school board, they have one hiring decision and that's the superintendent. And the superintendent is de facto, you know, they're the CEO. And then they hire a bunch of upper level management at the central administration building. So you have like a like a CFO, they have a finance director, you know, they have a PR director, they have multiple superintendents that are in charge of curriculum or, you know, whatever the case may be, they get, you know, as an athletic director. And so those are your upper level managers, right? And then below them are the principals and the principal is the CEO of their school. They're the general manager of that Walmart, you know, or whatever. Right? I really like that you're breaking this yeah, down for it, me because I don't have any knowledge of this, how yeah. this works at all. Thank you for explaining that, but yeah. keep going. So you no, have no, your no, principals sure. that are like the CEO of school. Yeah, they're the, they're the general manager of, of the school itself, you know, of each individual campus. And of course, they have their associate, you know, assistant principals, and then there's counselors and those other staff. And then the retail associate, you know, the, the, the real boots on the ground, frontline people are the teachers. Right. And there's all kinds of support staff, janitorial staff, food service staff, bus drivers, you know, all of those types of people, maintenance people, you know, that 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 manage that facility. But the ones who are directly, you know, working are the face of the district. Right. Who are with talking directly to the children, teaching them and dealing with the parents. Those are the teachers. You know, so I think a lot of people will get this. You know, you see a lot of people complain about something like, well, take it to admin. You know, or take it to the school board. It's like, it's not really their issue. You know, take it to the principal. You know, starts with the teacher. Go to the teacher. If the teacher doesn't get it, go to the principal. If the principal doesn't do it, then go to central admin. You know, the school board's really uninvolved in those day-to-day decisions. They don't decide who to hire and fire as far as teachers go. That's the superintendent's decision to make. I've always encouraged parents to at least give the teacher a try. Like, just try to communicate with the teacher first because going straight to the principal isn't always the best use of time and things could have been squashed a lot easier with just talking with the teacher. Not every time, but a lot of times. They seem like most teachers I know are reasonable human beings who have a very hard job because I don't want to be a teacher. So God bless teachers. But going to the teacher, giving them opportunity, but then going up the chain of command if you're not getting that or just knowing what that is. Because not everybody knows that. Who do you go to next? How do you escalate it? And that's really valuable information for parents to have so that you can try to resolve it at an easier level versus straight to the school board who can't help you at all. 
That's interesting. I yeah. love that. Yeah, and, and, and at the same time, you're burning bridges with the teacher who's exactly. teaching your kid, right? Which is probably not a smart thing to do either. Give them an opportunity to look into it if you have a legitimate concern. Um, and, and teachers have a lot on their plate, right? And you're not anti-teacher. Like, things are just blown up about Facebook, and you have all these other parents who are anti-teacher. But it, to me, it just, again, I'm going to repeat it. You sound like you're trying to advocate more for the teachers, that middle level, whatever, and the issues they're having. Now there's, we'll get to it, but there's teachers that, you know, are going to not be the ones you advocate for, but them not being able to be the voice for themselves and seeing the problems that are out there. It seems like this is more helpful to them than hurtful. I, I know for sure there's some teachers that are like, hell no, I don't want Mike Walls being <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. I mean, that's fine. We have differences of opinions, right? right? No problem. And and for the ones that, you know, make sure that they're in the good graces of administrators and higher ups, you know, I mean, I think, you know, in the in the real world, we call those people brown nosers mm-hmm. or, you know, ass kissers or whatever you want to call it. For those individuals, they're fine, right? They, the world is their oyster. Mm-hmm. They get what they want. But for a, a lot of people, they're not that way. And they don't want to play the politics. They, they just want to teach. There is so much that's been put in their lap over the decades that they didn't have to worry about before. And it's a lot. It's it's too much to ask. We're asking too much of teachers way far and beyond just teaching and having a good professional relationship with children and parents. Behavioral issues are rampant. Yeah, I agree. And one of the most common refrains that I hear from teachers today is admin is incapable of helping us with these behavioral issues. Like I said, you know, this stuff is in the news, right? Teachers are getting chairs thrown at them. The kids are fighting, you know, punching, hitting, biting. And they send her to the principal and that kid comes right back. And they can't do anything really to defend themselves. Not defend, but even protect themselves. Because right. then somebody's got a phone and then they're going to post it. And yeah. then it's going to blow up. And right. they're going to be liable when they were just trying to protect themselves. Yeah. It's going to wind up on World Star, you right. know, and, and then they go crazy. So... No, you're, you're 100% right. So, I mean, they, they're in this impossible catch-22, right, where they're held to ever more strict standards. You know, well, it's all about the test, right? We got to get these kids, you know, testing, blah, blah, blah. But you are on your own dealing with the, these behavioral issues, disrupting the class. I mean, it's just a horrible, horrible situation. So my whole intent is how do we make that better, right? That, that's it. How do we improve that? How do we truly do what's in the best interest of the children first? The teachers second, you know, or the teachers and the parents, right? Those are the three primary people that we're talking about. You know, I don't care if it makes admin uncomfortable. You know, that's a relative, you know, if children aren't having a good learning environment and aren't given the best opportunity for that, then, then, then we're not doing good enough. Mm -hmm. You know, and one thing the district will say is, look, you know, we don't have any control over that. The the state tells us to do this. I'm like, well, let's push back against them, right? Mm -hmm. As my elected representative, push back and tell the state, you know what? What happens if we don't do that thing, which we all feel is bad? Like, what hap- What would happen if we just said, you know, fuck it, we're not doing star testing? You know, I would throw a big party if they said, you know, screw <laughs> screw the star test. Like, like yeah. the video at the end of, what is it, uh, Dazed and Confused, where they're all throwing the papers, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, and just like, and fuck it, we're out. And what's interesting about you, based on what I little I know about you, like, you're, you didn't have a problem with your kids you know, grades or behavior or anything that this is a personal vendetta or anything like that. Like this is your, your kids from what we've talked about did well. My kids have always gone to public school. They've always done fine. They're involved in extracurriculars. They've, you know, done dual credits. They've been in honors classes. I I don't have a problem. 
nothing personally affected no, you. No, but there's a lot of people that do. Mm-hmm. My kids aren't that impacted. I mean, I wish the rigor was higher, right? I wish we would challenge them more. In their classes, there's behavioral issues from mm-hmm. time to time. And this is like, come on, right? I mean, right. This is ridiculous. Get this kid out of here, right? This is not conducive to a good learning environment. Anyway, yeah, I don't have that. But a lot of people do have an issue and their kids struggle. There's so many different variables, but these folks, either they're afraid to use their voice, they don't know how to use their voice. I can see where some parents need someone to advocate for them too. And you said you get a lot of emails and stories, and so you probably know more. Yeah. I mean, it's constant. I mean, really, really, almost every single day, right? There's somebody telling me something and sharing a story, you know, or what have you. And and so I do take it serious. You know, it's not, it's not a hobby, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, this is, this is very real and I take it serious. I mean, yeah, I lob some Molotov cocktails in the group to get some activity going, but there's some heinous stuff that's going on, right? And, you know, we're going to get into that here in a second. You know, there's bad stuff that's way beyond, you know, uh, learning metrics and crap like that. I mean, there's there's teachers raping kids. Allegedly. Allegedly. Do y'all want to talk about some of the... We can. Man, I'm so nervous to talk about it. If we're going to talk about teachers behaving badly, this would be a good year to talk about it, right? There has been some bad things that started off with a guy I graduated school with arrested by federal marshals on oh child pornography God. charges. Wow. And, and that, that was mind-blowing and shocking. And then... A teacher. A teacher, yeah, yeah. And right after that, an ex-teacher of the year, and, and, and full transparency, someone who was very vocal towards me about my candidacy for school board when I was running for school board, you know, she was very against that, but was indicted for sexual assault of a child, of a student. How many counts were there? Like a dozen. Yeah. Okay. And in graphic things that have gone on. And an indictment is where a grand jury is presented evidence and they decide, can we move forward to trial? Right. Okay. Right. Just in case someone doesn't understand yeah, no, that. Yeah. No, no guilt has been. Uh, right. But the issue with this one is the allegations came out and she was suspended on September 29th. And it wasn't until December when the indictment was formally announced. And so she was on paid administrative leave for... October, November, right? The taxpayer, right? We're paying a teacher who has allegations, multiple allegations of sexual assault or child predation. Is that Um, something they have control of? Do they have to wait for the indictments before they can make that decision? I mean, Texas is an at-will state. Oh, true. Teachers do have contracts, right? But, you know, just like anything else, there's always conduct unbecoming, Mm -hmm. right? But here's the the thing, right? So teachers get uh, fired, all the time across the country. You're using quotes around fire. Yeah, yeah. Quotes around fire. But they really, very few teachers actually get fired. They're given the opportunity to resign voluntarily. And why is that? I don't know. I don't know if that's to allow them to gain employment in other school districts, to keep it off their record. Certainly as part of that voluntary termination, there's a non-disclosure agreement that would be signed. So that's PR, Right? You're not gagged. You can't say anything negative about the district. So that's definitely from a PR standpoint. And they're bullies too, right? I mean, look, I'm not saying districts don't get rid of teachers who don't need to be gotten rid of, right? We all have heard probably anecdotes from people that, you know, someone was wrongfully terminated or kind of ushered out. I'm not talking about that here. I'm talking about, you know, people who were asked to leave uh, because they probably would be fired. You know, they should be fired is, is my point, right? Because If they were deemed unbecoming to work in my district, why should we allow them to go work somewhere else where they could maybe harm somebody else, you know, or do some of the same? There's different levels of heinous things, right? I mean, you get a DWI or, you know, something like that, you know, something along those lines. 
yeah, that's a bad thing. Doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad teacher, but inappropriate relationships or, you know, doing something that could jeopardize children Mm -hmm. in some way. Yeah. I, I would, I would want to know if a teacher was coming here from another district who had a history of bad behavior, then maybe they shouldn't work anymore in, 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 in a, in a public education setting. But in this particular case, we saw, you know, Chase Watson, he's been indicted for child porn, you know, gone just like that. There was another teacher accused of doing some, maybe drinking on the job or something like that was gone in a matter of just days, right? We had, Recently at OM Roberts, some allegations of child abuse in their special education program. Teachers gone within just a few days. But Brandon Hargrove stayed on paid leave for months until the actual indictment. And this wasn't allegations of abuse, of grabbing someone too hard or something. We're talking about raping kids, right? I mean, that's to use strong language, sexual assault. She raped a girl. Allegedly. allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. That's what, that's what she's Sorry, the, the legal team over here, which is just me, <laughs> yeah, is no, like, I mean, that's what she's allegedly. For, right? Is raping a, a young woman. So, or a girl, a girl. Why the, why the difference? I guess why, the inconsistency. Yeah, why, why and I, I see the problem that would be seen with that of why is there inconsistent? So I would be interested to see what their, whether it be the teachers association or whoever governs that kind of, I don't know, the repercussions of being accused, what their policies and procedures say of what they're supposed to do. So we can either change the policies (laughs) or advocate to change the policies or make sure that they're all being used across the board the same. So full transparency, I am, uh, I've had, I've been a victim of sexual assault. And so I am, I usually am going to right off the bat believe the victim no matter what, just because I had people that did that for me. And that was a really important part in my, you know, court case and all the things that happened. I was six years old. So I was a lot younger than, you know, um, some of the people that have been involved in, in these kinds of things. Allegedly, I don't know. I just know that that one particular child was a little bit older, but I do want to side with the victim right off the bat. But there are cases that I have read about seen where there has been false allegations. So how do you differentiate between that? You know, and so maybe there's some stuff going on behind the scenes I don't know about. And I would like to have the transparency as to why that decision was made. Correct. And I think that's where, when I've thought through how I felt about this, because I, being a, a business owner in the community, I don't like to speak about this stuff publicly. It makes me very uncomfortable. However, being an advocate for sexual assault victims and or survivors, I would like to say, I think it's important that there is that transparency of why was she not taken off payroll? If there's a good reason, tell us. So then we can kind of decide, is there a broken process in place that we need to advocate for change? Or, you know, sometimes there is legal things that bind them from telling us, you know, how does that work? Did the police say you can't do anything yet till we conclude our investigation? I don't know. But I, I agree with you that there has to be some sort of conversation had. Why is my tax dollar paying for that? If that is, if there's strong enough evidence for however many indictments there were, why is this going on? And then we can kind of make some good educated opinions about how do we prevent this from happening in the future? Right. Because without transparency, people are going to make up their own versions of why they decided to treat this differently. And those are probably going to work more against those positions than for them. So why not just be a little bit more transparent of why you handled this differently? Because your actual reason is probably better than what everybody else is assuming. Or hopefully better, but yeah, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, right. More times than not, it's a simple explanation other than what the whole community is going to assume. 
Because the rumor mill's been pretty pretty vicious, right. and and it might be true. And I've heard some pretty vicious rumors about both sides of it. And so I don't want to continue that rumor mill. And maybe if some transparency was done, then we could kind of squash that and know how to move forward and how to yeah. protect our kids. Because if in fact what happened on those indictments happened, then there's a serious fucking problem. It's bad. It's really bad. And I hope that child, that person out there knows that there are people in their corner that are hoping that everything comes out, that they get justice and that whatever is legally out of our hands, that they are on the right side of that. It's really hard for people to come forward and say those things. And based on the timeline, this may have been affecting this person for many, 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 many years. And so if there are other victims out there, I hope they can come forward and feel safe to do so in a school district knowing they're going to do the right thing. They have to. What are you thinking over there? It's very confusing why they haven't come out with a statement. I feel like in any kind of situation such as this, that they'll have somebody come forward. The statement may not answer the questions. The statement may not settle the crowd, but there hasn't been a blanket statement from the district regarding this, has there? No, not not really. I mean, just... I think that's the concern. I'm not going to be as mad that you did the thing. I'm going to be way more mad that you lied about it. This is Ned and the first reader, man. Mm-hmm. This is stuff we learn from a very young age. Why can't, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 year old people who are in elected positions follow that same rule that we should have? Because they exist to serve us, not the other way around. When we decided to have a guest, one of the first questions that we asked each other was, who can we bring on here that's going to bring something to the table that the community is going to be interested in? Well, like you said, there's been a teacher that has been arrested and charged for allegedly having sexual relations with the student. That is what everybody's talking about. That's what we hear. And when those court documents were posted initially for the public to finally see what happened, it came from your page. I mean, that's important to talk about. It is going to be controversial, both for us, you know, and and it is for you to talk about. But these are our kids and it should be transparent if something at that level is happening. Yeah, absolutely. Teachers behaving badly with students happens a lot every single day. Every single day. Almost just in Texas, but certainly nationwide, right? Now, there's a lot of teachers. Most teachers don't do this, right? It's a very small minority of people that do this kind of stuff, but it's the most vulnerable. Our kids are there eight hours a day. These are supposed to be people that you trust, right? And so every small incident like that uh, that occurs breaks that trust. You can't prevent it from happening. You can do all the background checks and everything in the world. It's you can't you can't stop it, right? There's no way to actually stop it cold. But what I do expect is when when there's allegations of this, that swift action takes place, and that the people in charge are transparent with the stakeholders. I think. Do you think that we are hearing about it more now? And it's or it's more rampant now, or has it always been this way and it was just swept under the rug? And we're not just saying our school district, but just in general. It feels like there, like you said, you could look up and say there's all of these allegations all over Texas of these inappropriate, you know, student-teacher interactions. I don't remember a lot of that when I went to school happening. I mean, maybe it was. Maybe it was more quiet. There was less documentation. There's not media. like there Yeah, there was no more. phones. There was no Facebook, you know. I mean, there was a pay phone, but <laughs> that was it, you know. So... I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, is it worse? Is it because our society is worse? Or has it always been this bad and now we just know about it? The data shows that it's fairly consistent, right? That like like percentage-wise, 
there's more people, right? There's more students, teachers. So there's higher numbers of mm-hmm. incidences, but as a percentage of population, it's relatively unchanged. So it's kind of concerning because just like you said, you know, when we were in school, I didn't hear about these things happening as like I hear about them now. It's bad PR, right? Mm-hmm. So we didn't have we didn't have the mechanisms to communicate like we have now. But also the schools weren't exactly jumping up and down to get this information out there, right? And why, so let me ask this. I understand bad PR, but what is that going to do? Yeah, the school is going to be put on the news as having a teacher that did this bad thing. Yeah, that's bad PR, but what is the consequences of having that bad PR? It's not like a bunch of kids are going to withdraw from school and not go there anymore because for a lot of students, this is the closest school they have. Yeah, the only option. We all know that this does happen at other school districts. So why not risk the bad PR to to be transparent or and to protect the kids? Exactly. I don't I understand the bad PR is the main issue that they're trying to avoid. But why? Yeah, why? (laughs) Why? Why? Looking into the camera. (laughs) Their first responsibility is to us. Yeah, and our our kids. Yeah, the ones that pay for the school district. What's the bad PR going to do, though? Okay, so what if so what if the school what if parents decide to move their kids out of the public schools and go somewhere else? Cool, right? If it is it's the in the best interest of the child, right? That's what we should be worried about, not right. what's in the best interest of weighted every average daily attendance that the school gets funds based on, right? It should be what's in the best interest of the child. If the parent and the child believes that the public education system is not in their best interest and they choose to go somewhere else, what is that any business of the school district at that point, right? And what, what effect does that have? No, yeah. So you're absolutely right. And it's not a private company, right? It's not, it's not, I can go to Target, I can go to Walmart, I can go to JCPenney. I don't know where you moms shop. But <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a whole slew of options here. I don't have an option of paying my property taxes to the school district, right? You know, unfortunately for them, they have to listen to us. I mean, that's how we should be looking at this, right? Mm-hmm. Is they they exist to serve us, not the other way around. So how do you get involved in running for school board? Because you've had some experience with that. Yeah, so it's open right now. Um, if anybody wants to run, all you have to do is go to the admin office right now and you can file to run. How long is that open for? Because we don't know when this is going to post. I don't yeah. know, like February 18th. It is a may, maybe over by, by, by the time this gets posted, but I don't know the exact uh, dates. You can go to brazosportisd.net, go to the school board page and look at election information. It'll tell you everything you need to know. There are three school board members who are up. Each of them are seeking re-election. Who makes the final votes? So we do, right? It's a three-year term. You meet once a month. We need people with some backbone who are willing to, you know, tell it like it is. And who are willing to talk to their constituents, who are willing to listen to what they have to say, and will communicate with them. Although I'll say, oh, just send me an email or, you know, give me a call. I've sent so many emails, nobody gets back to me. Because now I'm a menace. <laughs> We're going to have to get shirts because I feel like we've all been kind of menaces lately. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's your right to do. They serve us. Didn't store. <laughs> we vote them in. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's like regular government. They are elected to represent their district of, for the school. You don't have to run for office, right? You know, most people, there's only six positions, right? So chances are you're not going to get a position even if you want one. Mm-hmm. I'm proof of that. I've run... For school board and I run for city council and I failed miserably both times. But you tried. I mean, my gosh. No, I'm I'm glad I tried. I don't know if people are, they ain't ready for this jelly or whatever, but (laughs) 
That is the new yeah. campaign slogan. Yeah. Hey, maybe you should go again. We're going to upload the podcast and maybe, you know, right? Maybe, maybe, school board. maybe at some point. But go to meetings. Yeah, right. Go get involved. Yeah. So it's maybe not, start there. That'd be a good way to start. You know, yeah, just go. Go attend a meeting. You know, they're open to the public. Anybody can go. They're not scary. Every meeting is different. They're boring. They're <laughs> super boring. But they're also really informative. The purpose of any government is to gain more power and, and serve itself, right? That doesn't mean that the people that work there are bad people. The system is bad. It's yes. a bad system on its face, right? It doesn't have the children's best interests at heart. I, I think we can... I think a lot of people can agree on that. It's not what is specifically about what's best for each individual child. I really like that you're making that distinction of... It's not the people. Yeah. It's it's mostly the system. Now, there is some bad people in every organization, Mm -hmm. you know, anywhere. Not the school in general, but just anywhere. But making that distinction to remember that a lot of this is broken processes and things that should be working for our kids and for us that aren't. But it's very difficult in that broken process for any of these people individually to stand up and push back against it, right? And so that's where community can stand up, right? There's 12,000 kids in the district. There's 800 plus teachers. There's People would be shocked to know how many long-term subs are in classrooms instead of certified teachers right now. But the point is, if the community, so this is the point of the page, right? If the community can stand up and speak in kind of a collective voice, we can actually affect change, right? In the system. In the system. In the system. And we can empower these administrators and these educators and these school board members to say, hey, we're behind you. Right. We're not like, fighting against you. We're trying to support you to make these hard yeah, decisions. Let's go to our congressman. Let's go to Mike Morath at the TEA. Let's go. Let's let's show up in Austin. You know, let's let's really get passionate about this and let's be the district that says, you know what? We're not going to put up with this crap anymore, right? If one district would do that, the others would stand up in mass. All it takes is one, right? What are the top three topics that you think needs changing right now? We talked about the the behavioral issues at school. I, I, that's probably right up there at the top is the teachers are outgunned, you know, and something has to happen there. There has to be consequences, right? That's how we raise our kids, you know? My kid does something they're not supposed to do. You give them a consequence. Well, you don't get to go outside and play, or you don't get to go, you know, to McDonald's, what, you know, whatever it is. And if they do it again, you up, you ratchet it up. But you don't, you know, when they're beating on their little sister, and you tell them to stop, and they don't stop, you don't take them out of that situation, and five minutes later, put them right back into it, right? It's like you're away from her for a while, right? But at the school, there's a behavioral issue in class. They're right back in class. And if it happens again, they're right back in class. And maybe there's an in-school suspension or you know, detention or something like that, but they're right back in class instead of like, you're gone. You can earn your way back, right? Every kid is entitled to a public education in the state of Texas. Whether you believe that or not is irrelevant. That's, that's what the way the system works right now. But if you abuse that right, you know, you do forfeit it, right? You can't, you can't go just driving willy nilly down the street, you know, at a hundred miles an hour, you know, there's consequences if you do that. The consequence at first is maybe a ticket. The consequence, if you continue to do that, is you wind up in jail, right? And so there has to be a ratcheting up of these consequences because the teachers are simply outgunned in class right now. So that's a huge one right there. Communication, transparency, just being honest with us, right? If they if they came in and said, man, the state's you know on our ass and, and this is what we have to do. Okay, well, we're adults. We can handle that. How do we change that then? 
How do we mobilize and do something about that? That's what I want to know. And just the reckless spending of money. It's $21,000 a kid right now. You've had kids in private schools. You're not spending $21,000 a year on private school. And not only that, not only are you having to pay your property taxes, which goes to a school that you're getting no benefit from until now, you're paying extra money to go to this one, right? So I'm a proponent of school choice. I believe the money should follow the child. I know a lot of people don't agree with that. And that's fine. The majority of people do. At least that's what the surveys say. But that's fine, right? Meaning like the the taxes that you pay from your pocketbook are going to the schools that your children go to? Yeah, yeah. I should be okay. able to take that any school I want, right? Okay, got it. But but that's fine. If people don't agree with that, that that's fine. I don't have a problem no, with I've that. No, I've just that's... never heard that theory before. That's interesting. Yeah, so I'm not going to, you know, argue. At a different time and place, I'll argue my, my reasons for that, but... Um, <laughs> He's like, don't get me started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but there is reckless spending that goes on. We could be smarter. We've spent over right right around a half a billion dollars in the last ten years in school bonds. That's a half billion dollars in increased taxes that we all have to pay for. And we were all pissed off, you know, when we got our property tax oh, appraisals. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's why they continue to go up, right? Is because we just keep spending and spending and spending and spending. Yeah. Another topic for a different day, but that does it. You know, behavioral issues. Communication. That that's that's right there, right? And the money. I mean Duh. <laughs> yeah. Best interest yeah. of the kids, communicate and be honest and be good stewards of my money. Sounds like pretty reasonable things to be concerned I about. I think so. Then one of the things that people usually see, the difference between public and private school is in private school, the parents are generally more involved because their money is on the line. They're paying for a service. So I think it's interesting, you know, how you bring up the money follows the kid that maybe if we had a little bit more say of how our tax dollars are used, that we would be more involved instead of just kind of blanketly. And probably parents of private schools are are heard more because they can take their money. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did want to bring up something because if we weren't being immature and juvenile, then this wouldn't be the Momster Radio <laughs> podcast about a little, what do you say, prank that you pulled. Oh, you're, yeah. I this don't know if a, you're okay with talking about it. It's but not the only Facebook page you've been a part of, <laughs> rallying oh, people up. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> so can we talk about that for just yeah, yeah, really yeah. quick? Okay, so what I understand was that you created a fake HOA. Yes. You didn't collect dues or money, <laughs> but it was so good in the fakery that people were getting upset because they're like, well, this is not okay. Why is the HOA not doing it? So tell us a little bit about what happened, please. <laughs> yeah. So I moved adjacent <laughs> to a new community in Lake Jackson and had a couple of friends that started, you know, like a lot of communities, neighborhoods, they have like a neighborhood Facebook group. And so a group of us, we were up at an Astros game and we were knocking some beers back and we were having a good time and we had a designated driver drive us home, but it's an hour drive, you know, plus, you know, getting out of there. And we were on our phones scrolling around and a local landscaper was posting pictures of his lawn or whatever, you know, trying to draw my business in the neighborhood. And so we thought well, it'd be funny to kind of mess with him. We just met the guy, really didn't know him very well, but he was, a, he was a good natured guy. So we're like, let's just mess with him a little bit. And so posted something like, Hey man, the HOA, you know, said they don't like your edge lines. Do you, and, you don't live in this community, right? No, You're no, just trolling. I'm adjacent. Okay. I got it. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm in the annex. We call it. <laughs> and so I shouldn't even been in this group, but my friend ran it, you know, and he was like, on in, you know, we're just gonna we're gonna have some fun with this guy, right. you know, it'll be a prank, it'll be fun. Well, like a couple of people were like, Well, wait a minute, I didn't know we had an HOA, and so right then and there, we're like, Oh, <laughs> low hanging oh, fruit, baby. now you do, oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we started, you know, saying, Oh, yeah, you know, and another neighbor was like, Had a baseball, like, 
batting cage mm-hmm. thing put up. You're not allowed to have that up for more than three consecutive oh days. Oh my gosh. Our other buddy had a boat parked in his driveway. You, you got to poke, park the boat behind the, behind the fence or whatever. Of course, they're all in on the gag. Right? right. Well, more and more people are like, what is going on? And someone called like the, the home developer out there. <laughs> and so he was like, who is this Mike Walls guy? You have him call me. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, my God, how are people taking this serious? How are they getting this riled up? I mean, you have to pay money to be a part of an HOA. Yeah. So that would be your first clue that there's not an HOA involved. No HOA. Okay. You can't so, believe everything you see on the Internet, people. Right. <laughs> but me being me, I go ahead and wrap it up, you know, ratchet it up one notch more and create, like, a fake HOA <laughs> Facebook group. Oh, my God. Appoint myself the president. <laughs> We had secretary treasurer. I create minutes. I'm taking, I'm getting screenshots of like poorly mowed lawns and stuff <laughs> off of the internet and I'm posting it. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> if your car's on the street leaking oil, you know, you need to get that. Fines are about to be coming. Most of the people were just laughing and thinking this was hilarious, but there were a few who, man, they got their panties in a bunch. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So the developer's calling me and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like, what April Fool's. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty fun for a few weeks. Was this before your group now? Yeah. yeah. So that was like your trial run of how to rile people up. But, but this yeah. time it's for real. Yeah, like last couple, time was a joke. There's you know? a couple of people who remember that who were in that group. Now and, they all will remember. And, <laughs> and they're like, I can't trust anything you say. I'm like, <laughs> It's just a joke. And the people that didn't know that was you now are going to be like, oh, oh it's man. that guy. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> the sure. fake HOA guy. Look, Mike Walls has a sense of humor. That's all it is. It, it was, was good all fun. in good fun. It was yeah. all in good fun. But I was really surprised how upset some people got by it. You no, know? And the- I'm like, at some point, we're going to make this so outlandish that surely they're going to catch on. Right? Yeah. Surely they're going to realize yeah. this is all a big prank. Uh-huh. I had a picture in front of someone's lawn i'm like i have like a lit cigarette and a beer can (laughs) and i'm like checking on their weeds and stuff measuring tape make sure it's this far away from the curve most ridiculous things ever and people like oh my god i can't believe you're doing this that's funny and the people i had heard about it from also thought it was funny so i think probably more were entertained than upset i make sure when i buy a house it is not an hoa in my opinion i cannot do that unless i'm going to be the president secretary like you were like every the end all be all for sure yeah because that stuff gets out of hand real quick that was pretty wild it was fun you know, I think this is the most grown-up episode we've done yet. Like, I, I feel like a full-ass adult today. I do, too. Because they're going to listen to our Valentine's episode when we are straight-up, val- like, juvenile. Just having <laughs> fun. And this is, like, some real shit. Like, I, this is – I want to incorporate that into our podcast, too, because we are moms. It's not the only reason we have a podcast, but it does affect us. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I'm kind of learning all this information right now so I can apply it to how it affects my kid now. Well, thank you for coming on Momster Radio. This is very different than what we've done before, but I'm excited about this. I like to be multidimensional and bring some silly, fun stuff, but also some serious shits going on in our community that people want to hear about and that are interested to know a little bit of a different perspective and maybe hear a little bit about this Mike guy that they've like been getting screenshots of him <laughs> posting stuff. And so just to put in a, a personality, a history to, you know, this person that they've heard about online is really been beneficial, I feel like. So at least to me, because now tomorrow's day three of public school yeah. and I must get more involved. So we're going to start doing that. But thank you for coming on yes. Momster Radio. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for it. having me. And yeah. 
The name of your page again is BISD Parent Teacher Advocacy. Yes, so make sure if you are paying taxes in this community in the BISD area, your kids go there, you ever were a part of it, yeah, absolutely join. And, you know, just go ahead and give us a like and a follow, too. Uh, Momster Radio, we're available on all major streaming platforms and social media. And Sally, see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.